This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 367. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on episode 367 we give you our final summer series episode of the week. This is the last episode in the Ones series which has already done 1971, 1981 and 1991 respectively. We are closing in with our final episode looking at 2001. One spot left at the big table for the Ones and three movies to choose from. Now, let me give a little disclaimer up front. I know what you're, you're thinking to yourself, Duncan, what? Disclaimers at the start? Please tell me that no fuckery is afoot. Well, of course there is. That's the summer series. And it will happen. And it will happen at the most unexpected times. Now, all the one episodes were recorded essentially on one day back to back because we are smart podcasters. And as you may have heard in some of the other instalments already dropping this week, Jamie was starting to get some audio issues. As we swung around to the 2001 episode though, the episode that she had double votes on, her audio and then internet cut out altogether and sadly she could not make this episode. We will address what that means at the end and I almost guarantee that some people will not be happy with the end result. But sadly with Jamie being out... Her votes are not taken into consideration as she was not here during the conversation and the voting. With that disclaimer out the way, you have already had a plethora of podcast content dropping every single day this week. Monday was 1971, Tuesday 1981, Wednesday 1991, yesterday was a movie club announcement, today is 2001, tomorrow you get a wee day off. And then Sunday, 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 it is an 88 Films Italian Collection series of reviews. We're looking at Knife of Ice. Oh, that's right, a little bit of Umberto Lenzi coming at you. Now, granted, I've just covered that movie this year already with the phenomenal Dave Parker as part of the Lenzi Baker box set, but 88 Films also put out, which means, guess what, we're doing it again. So you just have to roll with me. You just have to hold on tight and work through this and we will get to the end together. There ain't nothing on the Teapots Collective this week, so that is an empty feed which allows you to bask in the six episodes in seven days that are out on this feed. Now that you're all caught up, ladies and gents, let's just get into this shabble. Let's not prolong the agony any longer, and let's put the ones to bed. This is a summer series episode. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs, but most importantly, welcome to 2001. You see that crap? All that horror crap? Things coming out of crates and eating people? Dead people coming back to life? People turning into weeds, for Christ's sake? Well, yes, I did, but I... Well, you want them reading that stuff? Well, no, but... All right, then. I took care of it. That's why God made fathers, babe. 
That's why God made fathers. But I have proof, and tonight I'm going to show you something. You are mine! You are mine! <laughs> Every humiliation which stood in his way could be swept aside by the simple act of annihilation. Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! I believe in the life of Congress! It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Boy. 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 What do you want? By this simple act of annihilation. Murder. Wolfman's gone hard! Most of all, fuck you! Fuck you, asshole. That's fucking crazy, man. So I'm just going to be upfront and honest here. Welcome, welcome back, ladies and gents. This is another summer series episode. We've actually already recorded um, this episode and got so far into it. So if we feel like we're glossing over things. That's technical difficulties that destroyed the previous version of this recording. So granted, we were only one movie in, but still, it was an incredible conversation and a great setup. And I now feel that some of my off-the-cuff jokeness that I bring to the scene, a bit of the sexual joie de vivre, is going to be slightly subdued because I want to throw this computer through a fucking wall that I'm not able to do. Because we need to record on this one. Yay. Right, anyway, this is 2001. It's the final episode of this summer series. I'm going to pick it up. Trust me, by the end, I'll be smiling. I promise. Um, I'm joined by my weary co-hosts on this final episode. I say weary because they're giving it their all and all this computer had to do was stay in one piece and it refused to do it. It is litten at the side then, but they won't. Um, 2001 brings us three movies and uh, it brings us one host with two votes. But we're going to get to heart in a second. Um, we are going to instead swing uh, right around to Mr. Watson. Mr. Watson, final year, how's it going? Hey, 
<laughs> I, I'm doing pretty good, man. No, I'm doing pretty fucking good, actually. I, uh, I think I think we can recapture what we lost. I think we just gotta we just gotta get there, power through, yep. do the work. We yep. got this. We have this. Your confidence is in imbuing me with more confidence. So that's that is your ability, Mister Watson, is to make me feel stronger. So there we are. I don't know what we're gonna do with that, or how we're gonna take it somewhere, but I feel like I can move mountains right now, thanks to you. Uh, we are handing across to Jerry Herring. Mr. Herring, you may or may not have an agenda lurking in the back here. A hill that you said you want to die on in this recording. Um, but but how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling good. I am here for fucking blood, okay? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Niceties are gone. We are... I, every Summer Series I've been on, yep. my Japanese movie gets taken away from me. And this is the year that that bullshit stops. I, I, I remind Jamie, who's got double votes, yep. that I have two of Brian's books. Yep. Two of them. <laughs> this is the second time you're reminded her, because we lost the first time. But I'm equally just putting out there that I think that you... Um, you are... You're, you're playing a dangerous game here. Now, I think... Because well, you know, Duncan oh, Man is the most dangerous guy. It is, it is, he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to add to the levels of what we're going to do on this recording, um, Jamie has just messaged to say that her audio is shot, um, which puts us in a conundrum to say the least. So, what we're going to do is we're going to carry on with our recordings here, and then because um, she's two votes, I will, uh, I will ask her put her two votes if she can't make it in before the recording finishes i will ask her to text us all in the group what our two votes are going for and wherever they land regardless of context i will take them as fact right who fucking did this i, I have no idea Jamie i think this episode is cursed take, oh my god how come every time i'm on the summer series yeah i get <laughs> fucked over no well, Wait, i think the original I think the original 2001 episode uh, was, was kind of cursed, too. It was, yeah. There were some things going on. I'll explain that when we get to a certain movie. But there were some things going on, and it was like, yeah, there was some... Uh, I, I had a. I think I may have had a part to play in some stuff, and I don't know if I've ever come out with it. So, oh, yeah. it was you. Well, no, it, was, it was Liam. <laughs> of course, it's always Liam. Everything's fucking it's Liam. It's always him. It's always Liam. I know you're listening to this, Liam. Son of a bitch. You may have got married and I'm very happy and thanks for your father paying for all the drinks at that wedding. That was an open bar. Oh, Jeez. fuck yeah. You were wearing that cool suit. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. That was spiffy, dude. Yeah, y'all are good dressers. I yeah. that, that, that we don't often get out, so when we do... We're yeah, fun. like, when y'all go out, y'all fucking go out. Yeah, if I was going to McDonald's, I would dress like that because I'm never out. Like, um, so. I always thought, like, Floyd Mayweather, not Floyd Mayweather, uh, the fucking white dude he fought uh the scottish guy he's not scottish he's irish. irish irish guy whatever who gives a shit y'all are all owned by the fucking <laughs> british okay so calm your fucking tits he's not from northern ireland he's from the republic of ireland he's not british dude no one gives a shit you're all british <laughs> oh boy he's jerry heron's never heard of 
the troubles <laughs> which were happening over there uh, yeah anyway regardless that's where we're landing on this one so jerry you have until now to the end of this episode to private message jamie and try and work your magic on her um dave z is also joining us dave you gave us the 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 best rundown uh, and set up for the first movie we're discussing i'm gonna have to force you to do it again i'm afraid but uh, how are you doing on this uh this final recording I'm great. I'm ready for a uh, a battle, I think. I mean, listeners, strap yourselves in because this this is going to be the one instance where those where the double votes, I really think, yeah. are going mm-hmm. to make or break what's going to happen here. Now, yep, I agree. I know, right? I mean, Watson and myself, we have a, an opinion on one movie. We reviewed it uh, earlier on this year, and we both loved it, so I know what's going on there. Yep. I know... A movie that Duncan loves. I definitely know a movie that Jerry loves. Yeah. Now, I do know that Jamie does love one of these movies, and I'm pretty sure she loves the other. So it's going to be – it's going to come down to her. So it, it's, this is in, this is very interesting, especially with everything that's going on technically. This yeah, is well, two, <laughs> right? And then Jamie is, is here, but she's yeah. not. Can she hear us? I don't I th- know. I she think, can't talk. I think I heard clicks on a mic, so I think Jamie yes. might be with us. Jamie, I... are you with us? Unmute the mic, Jamie. Feel the power. <laughs> Could uh, it be? No. When things switched around, I had to adjust my audio settings uh, yeah. even. Uh, like, So I wonder if... Uh-oh. Yeah, she's messing around with that stuff. Because suddenly guys, I couldn't hear you guys. Is, this is Jamie. I'm just here to tell you that I'm, I'm at Suicide Club. I'm Max Jerry. He's got my two votes, so technically he has three votes. What a lovely Jerry's guy. dick is really big. Okay, that's not lie. I mean, I, I was just, you know, hey. At that point, we knew it wasn't Jamie. Um, <laughs> uh, right, right. We're going to get into this. Jamie, at any point, if you can hear us, just shout. Yeah, oh, you're shouting. Yeah, we oh, can't yeah. hear like your voice is so low on the microphone, so it either needs to be turned up or it's not picking it up right. Um, so I don't know what's happening. This is the cursed episode, and we're going to continue the curse. This might be where <laughs> none of us want to talk to each other at the end. It could very well happen. It's been a while since I can't wait. Um, right, so uh, th- to give a bit of context to this one, um, originally represent this year it was session nine in the frailty. We have three movies to discuss on this particular episode. One of them will go forward in the third place. We have The Others, directed by Alejandro Amenabar. We have Suicide Club, directed by Sion Sono. And we have The Devil's Backbone by Guillermo del Toro. So we have two Spanish horror movies. And we also have one Japanese one. And we will see, because Jerry Hearn has already set this up. He said, every time he brings one to the party, it gets slapped down. Well, this be his episode to shine time will tell uh we will kick off first with the others now i've already heard compelling arguments but the listeners have sadly not because they've been lost to the ether so let me give some details on this one i'll hand it back to dave z and then mr watson respectively and they will uh, carry their good fight through and we will work our way around myself and jerry and hopefully jamie um this is written and directed by Alejandro Amenabar. It, the synopsis is a woman who lives in her darkened old family house with her two photosensitive children becomes convinced that her home is haunted. Stars Nicole Kidman, Christopher Eccleston, Fiona Flanagan, uh, Alakina Mann, James Bentley, Eric Skies, 
Elaine Cassidy, Rennie Asherson, uh, Gordon Reed, and Keith Allen. Some of the trivia for this one. Uh, the house supposedly on the island of Jersey is actually located in the north of Spain. Executively produced by Tom Cruise, this marked the last collaboration between him and Nicole Kidman prior to their divorce. Um, a minibar wanted to play with shadows and sometimes scenes were actually lit by candles. Uh, Nicole Kidman tried to persuade Amenabar and the Weinstein brothers to find another actress for the part. Coming off the bright and exuberant Moulin Rouge in 2001, the actress was initially reluctant to do a film that explored such dark places. And the disease the children have has a complicated two-part name. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try it. Exoderma pigmentosum. I think is not how you pronounce it, which is basically an extreme sensitivity to sunlight, which is very rare and roughly a thousand people in the world are known to have it. Davesy, you'd already set this up. It was a great setup. I'm going to ask you to set it up again, my friend. Why are you gunning for The Others? The Others is a movie that it took me four times before I truly loved it the way I love now. And that does happen with me. I mean... I'm a big proponent of the second view, second view, Dave, that, you know, you can call me that any day of the week. And sometimes it takes four views. Like in this instance, first time I saw it was when it first came out, either at the theater or when it came to physical, then I saw it again. Then I want to see the third time. Actually, I reviewed it with Jamie when we did, uh, we did it on ABC's A Hidden Horror. And I believe she was the one that brought it to the table. So that's why mm. I know she likes it. So I know we talked about it then. I know I enjoyed it then. And, I want to say that I was the one that brought it up to do it for uh, for Watsi. It was my choice. So I knew I wanted to see it again, but I also knew that it was a movie that contained that there's, that there's meat on the bone. And that's the type of stuff we'd like to do mm-hmm. on that show, is, is, is to peel back layers. And let me tell you, this movie, that last time I watched it earlier this year, I, I was peeling back layers left and right, and little did I know that Watson was doing the same thing. So when we sat down to talk about it, I'm over here saying, man, I noticed this, I noticed that, this was amazing. Oh my gosh, there's so much going on here I didn't pick up on. And he was saying the same thing, and he was telling me, man, I thought I was going to have to sell you. I'm like, no, you don't got to sell, I, I figured it out. Uh, and, and it just Now, for someone to hear this, you know, because I used to just kind of have the, you know, the, the general feeling of this, because it came out at the same time is uh, The Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. So I think this kind of got swept under the rug, pushed aside a little bit, and Sixth Sense got all the publicity of being a ghost story with a, you know, um, a shocker ending, um, a twist, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I think that this movie, because it was a little slower moving and a little bit atmospheric, not really for the, the movie-going crowd as compared to a Sixth Sense, I think it just kind of, you know, it kind of got forgotten. And I think a lot of people would have said, the way I recalled it once upon a time, that it was a good ghost story, atmospheric, and it had a, a, a cool twist ending. But there is so much more that goes on here. The acting is tremendous. Nicole Kidman really is a gem. She, she, I, I love her, you know, her performances. I love her choice of roles that, that she does. She is just a fantastic actress. We have that cool reveal, but not just the reveal. It's the little things that lead up to it, that when you go around a second time and watch it, there's so much going on and you're, you're still trying to, you know, figure it out as you go. But it's just, uh, it's, it's just so great. It, it's a phenomenal movie, really. The pacing is very important because I'm the type of guy that checks out if I get bored. Uh, and 
if I see dialogue that that isn't you know doesn't necessarily have to be there unnecessary dialogue is, is a complaint that I sometimes have particularly with older slower slower moving movies well this movie you have to listen to all the dialogue and then piece it together and there there is not, not a dull moment it's a slow moving movie but everything is crucial so there's really no negatives I can say there's discussions on religion and you know she's a big believer in god she wakes up and she has these children and there's talk about the different levels of purgatory and heaven and hell and where are they and what we have here is a a very unique reverse type ghost story if you will and Watson and I really like I said we really went deep into it maybe go back and listen to that even if you're going to hear a lot here and you still want to know more maybe go check out that review cuz you might learn more from it as mm. we did but man there's so much to say and I know that you know Watson's over here he's going to say it more eloquently than I can so tell him Watson <laughs> I love the fact that you kept that <laughs> yes yes legitimate <laughs> did it work <laughs> yeah Watson okay yeah so the 2001 episode of the summer series two years back was my first summer series appearance mm -hmm. and I was the one who brought this film to the table and you know at the time I liked the movie I definitely thought it was a contender I think of all the ones I mean the three movies we're talking about today are all fan fucking tastic mm -hmm. and but I'm just gonna say I think this one has the highest IMDB uh, uh, score I'm just, I'm just putting that out there I, I don't know but anyways <laughs> I, I'm just yeah, just putting that out there but uh, yeah since Wait, then though IMDB ever mattered when uh, it came oh, to I, yeah IMDB sucks I, I don't care about it but uh, yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah since then you know Dave and I have covered this over on the Watsy Party Horror Show our podcast and you know we, we both found sort of not knowing that the other had done so this new appreciation for the others and i think that the review that we did on episode 19 of the watsi party horror show is a perspective altering review mm. i think that if you hear what we have to say you'll come away with a fresh understanding of what it's doing and how brilliant it is it's it's operating on another level and i know that, that it's like wait really no it's just a haunted house movie but here's the thing this this film is it, it's it's making itself look like that it, it's cleverly disguising itself as a typical haunted house movie but there's you got to put some things in place when you start realizing that okay uh, our main characters have been dead the entire time when you come to realize that the spirits this family thinks they're dealing with the haunting that they think they're dealing with is actually the living inhabitants of the house mm. when you watch this movie after coming to know the way that nicole kidman and her kids have died and what happened there what transpired it becomes clear that you're watching a rare film that shows us a haunting from the perspective of the ghosts that's the that's the big mic drop moment and it, it, it is almost never done almost uh you know we we're seeing a collision of the world of the dead and the world of the living and, and what that looks like on both well on both sides but we we know the human side of it. We th those are all the haunted house movies. Mm. But this is we're we're seeing how spirits might perceive the situation of humans moving into their house long after they're they're gone, uh, and that's the trick that the movie pulls on the viewer. It dresses itself up in the typical haunted house narrative, but it's doing more than that. It's it's doing advanced things. In fact, if you imagine, you know, I just got done talking about how we've seen that haunted house movie. Well, th that that typical narrative is what the family on the other side of this is experiencing uh, is experiencing when we meet this family at the end it's like, like wait 
they they're the ones who've gone through the haunting they move in the little son sees the ghosts probably and you can just you can picture it all unfolding he tells the mom and dad maybe they're like oh we don't believe you then they see the ghosts for themselves and then get their own you know lin shay to come in and be all insidious and conjure the ghosts up and figure out what's going on that's what's happening on their end but we're seeing it from the ghosts and they don't even know they're doing the haunting. That The fact that they think they're being haunted, there's masterful things happening here. And particularly with Nicole Kidman herself, she's, like Dave said, this believer. And this death that she's experiencing, it, it's beautiful to me because it's neither the heaven she hopes for nor the hell she deserves once all the pieces are put together. And, and once I realized that, I was like, wow, that's there's a tragedy there that really hits home. And she kills it in the performance uh, you know when doesn't she i mean and, and like you said i mean duncan you know the, the she she didn't want to do the dark stuff yeah. uh and then you know here she is like uh these many years later doing the dark stuff like almost constantly yeah and yeah she she's so fantastic probably my second favorite actress uh, her best friend Naomi Watts is actually my, my favorite actress. But uh, yeah, there's a lot we could talk about. The setting is beautiful. There's a timelessness to this movie uh, that Dave and I sort of realized like, wow, this could have been made in 1972 or 2022. It's like, wow, how do you how do you do that? Yeah. It's because they gave themselves over to the the period piece without the anachronisms that give away that, oh, we're viewing this through the lens of 2001 or or or, or, or 2021. No, it's, it's just timeless. Uh, the iconic, are you mad? I am your daughter scene. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows that. Uh, I'm just saying that to the thing that I'm trying to pitch to the listeners and to, you know, everybody around is that this movie's doing more than you think. And I, I believe I'd said in the last recording that it was like an optical illusion that once you see what it really is, you can't unsee it. And I think that you'd be better for it. Nice. Right. Uh, we got the beginning of the setup for the counter-argument from one Mr. Jerry Herring. Now we get to hear it in its entirety. Jerry Herring, we know that you're coming into this with an agenda. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> but uh, let's, uh, let's hear your, your, your stall pitch. Go for it. Okay, so... When I watched this movie a couple of years ago, I'd mm -hmm. seen it when it first came out and everything, but I watched it and I was just like, this is a period piece drama remake of Beetlejuice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I don't like Beetlejuice. But she, like, that hurt me even more the second time hearing it now. Uh, I know, I got another, I need to get another morning another drink. drink. <laughs> and, um, I, I, and so this movie's never set with me. It's never hit me. Now, that being said, mm. let me also say, I do not think this is a bad movie. I think it is a fantastic movie. It is well acted. It looks super amazing. Um, it does have one of the best twist endings. It's way better than The Sixth Sense mm. by a million fucking Agreed. miles because Agreed. it has yep. rewatchability, which yep. The Sixth Sense does not have. Does not the, have. 100%. The, the Sixth Sense is a cheap little fucking pulp paperback and this movie is a full on VC Andrews fucking flowers in the attic fucking gothic <laughs> VC Andrews flowers attic is probably not the novel I should have chose there <laughs> I'll be like steering it <laughs> steering it <laughs> but I went there um this you know it, it's 
it's it's such a fucking good movie. It's just never set with me. Now, Dave is right. Sometimes you have to watch a movie multiple times for you to to, to end up liking it. And sometimes you need to hear an opinion on a movie that changes the way you look on it for you to love it. And Watson is someone who has done that for me. I originally didn't like Hereditary. Then I listened to Watson talk about it. Then I started sucking Hereditary's dick. (laughs) So it can happen. And I think that's one of the the things that podcasters are good at. Well, good podcasters are good at is they recognize their bias. Yeah. And they are willing to change their opinion when someone brings them information that can change the way they look at something. Yeah. Yep. Now that's never worked for me on the summer series. I've tried multiple times. <laughs> Just doesn't happen. Um, you know, fucking uh, fourth times a charm, I guess. Uh, I love it. But yes. So while I think this movie is very, very well done, it has yet to click. Yeah. In me, the way that it is clicked into some other more intellectual and Dave Z people. Oh, shit. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, right, um, so we've had communication. Jamie has lost uh, our connection completely, so she will not be joining us for this episode to weigh in. I am, of course, going to liaise with her while we're recording, and I'm going to ask her when we get to the vote time where she's casting her two votes and that will be out of context so Jamie reserves the right even though it's not going to affect the outcome to come back at a later date and say actually you made a better case and I would have switched it this way we're just going to have to live with that because this is a crazy world that summer series forces us all into that being said <laughs> to the conversation on the others I mean I, I love the others I've, I've loved it from the day it was released uh, interestingly enough a lot of what was mentioned here are things that I've been on board with pretty much since it came out. Now, anyone that's listened to the 90s run uh, of Summer Series knows that I'm not a big Sixth Sense fan. I think that movie is a one and done. Like, once I watched it once, and I knew what the twist was, uh, I didn't really have much compunction to go back through it again. When I did, I don't feel like I gleaned anything from a second viewing that I didn't get on that first viewing. And every subsequent viewing, I I suffer through it. I I think it's you know it's it, I think some people understand why it might be the movie that you know that that they loved you know or or got even got them into horror. It's just not one that like, has resonated with me throughout the ages. Even though, as we noted on that one, it uh, was the highest grossing horror movie of the nineties, which is insane. Wasn't, it, wasn't yeah. I on the episode with you for signs? Um, like it was ninety eight, ninety nine. It's ninety nine, I think, isn't it? It's yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, so it came I out, it came say... out in the last couple of months of the year and outgrossed any other horror movie in the, which is yeah, because I want to say I shit all over that. Movie. You did, you did, and uh, I did as well. <laughs> <laughs> so you were on that one with me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like there's yeah, it, it's not for me. The others, on the other hand, is for me. It, it benefits from a couple of things. One is benefited from that that Spanish direction. Like Spain as a country and a film industry of making ghost stories probably make it better than anywhere else on the planet in terms of creating a subdued sense of atmosphere, um, 
and really, really working with texture and not just going for, you know, the out and out scares. There are scares in this movie, but I, I don't necessarily think they land, like, well with me in terms of I, I get their impact i know why other people jump when they see them but they don't land that way with me i'm just captivated by the story i think the story is absolutely incredible i think it's got incredible performances you know like across the board um i had always kind of liked nicole kidman this is the movie that made me love nicole kidman as an actress i'd seen her like in various different roles probably this and eyes wide shot were the ones that made me think she was a more interesting actress uh, just because mm -hmm. before that she was particularly typecast into a certain sort or style of acting um, and she's done wonders now she's she's off doing incredible work um so yeah uh, i have uh, unlike uh, jerry i have actually listened to the what's the episode on that one and i couldn't disagree with anything that you guys hypothesized at all i think you have a really really good take on it and would recommend everyone go away and check that episode out and it scores very 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 high for me it's going to come down when we get to voting to a dilemma that I have that I will resolve through the conversations I have with yourselves. But it is more than worthy of being in the position that it's in right now for conversation. So what I'm saying is, with the right pitch at the end of the show, you could have my vote. Ooh. Let's move on to Suicide Club. which is going to take a very special kind of pitch. Um, this one here is directed and written by Sion Sono with my favourite of all the synopsis because it is short and right to the point. A detective is trying to find out the cause of a string of suicides. It's literally what the movie's about. Um, on a surface level before Jerry shouts at me because <laughs> I can feel it if you want. Um, I have put here, and I mean no disrespect here, the cast is a lot of Asians because uh, I'm not reading out any other names because my brain literally <laughs> had a hemorrhage trying to like do the first few. Um, I love Dude, Japan. I, I suck at dude, saying yeah. Japanese names. I'm, I'm, I can't I'm, fucking do it. Yeah. I, I watch tons of Japanese stuff. Yeah. And I can't do it. I'm not I, I, I mean, I love Japan, and I've tried learning Japanese three times, and I'm I'm going across there um, with my family next year, uh, back to Tokyo, oh, wow. which I've been to before. Um, and you would think, you would think it gets, it does not get any easier. My Scottish brain is not designed for anything out with Smith. Um, as, as far as I can get without falling over or tripping over my own tongue. Uh, trivia for this one, though. Uh, not much trailer. Uh, tri not much trailer. Not much trivia. Trailer's one of the words in the first sentence here. Uh, up on the IMDb's. It says, in the trailer of this movie, there's a scene of a person faxing herself, thus committing suicide. This is actually part of the security guard slash nurse's subplot of the movie that had to be cut out because, with it, the film would have been more than two hours long, which is kind of funny to think that, you know, this is a relatively short scene on Zono movie. Um, the pop group Desato receives different Romanji spellings throughout the movie, probably on purpose, even though it actually means des uh, desert, it's also spelled desert and desret and desert in the movie. Mail Me, the catchy song that can be heard through many of the scenes, is actually Desato's cover of Mail Me by Haruku Monami. Uh, the back computer is a black Apple Macintosh PowerPC 5500-225. This is a like, riveting bit of trivia. Uh, this model was already discontinued by 1998. So there we are, just in case you're into computer tech, bit of geeky and you want some info on that one. 
that's minfo for you. Or as me and Jerry know it, a little bit shinfo. A little bit shinfo for the peeps out there. Um, Jerry, you're gunning in hard on this one. I've already heard your arguments before, but regale me again as to why we should be putting Suicide Club through at number three. The deepest <laughs> movie to come into this summer series mm. is Suicide Club. Yes, it deals with the high suicide rates of Japan, but it is also littered with little connection things. We talk about the pop group Dessert. Their first popular song, Male Me, is about your connection with others. Their song, Jigsaw Puzzle, is your connection with society. Live As You Please is a connection with yourself. There's all these little tiny things throughout the movie that talk about your connection with yourself, with society, with your family. And if you took everything away and you were just you, what is that connection to yourself? Where you have to, you can't talk about what you are into. You can't talk about your hobbies. You can't talk about your loved ones. You can't talk about your family. At, at what is your connection to just yourself? Which, me personally, I find it an extreme question that is almost fucking impossible to answer because everything you come up with, you want to say, well, I'm this, this, and this, but it's like, okay, but that has to deal with society. That has to deal with family. That has to deal with entertainment. Like, it's hard to break yourself down into just what you are at the basic level of your personality and how that affects everything else in the world. I have a full-on explanation of the movie because it is a movie you have to watch multiple, multiple times to understand as it's... Science Ono does not make anything easy to understand. Not his fucking cup of tea. The Japanese do not believe that you should have a full-on answer at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Go fucking think and figure it out. Which is the opposite of how, you know, Americans do it, which you can look at, like, the endings to The Ring and The Grudge and see how the American remakes, especially for The Ring, are like, here's the answer. Um, as to where in the Japanese one, they're like, fucking figure it out yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so... This is a movie that is a lot of people are like, I don't understand it. It's all over the place and it's very, very complicated. Uh, JP uh, has been on record many times that he fucking hates this movie and he thinks <laughs> it's nonsense. He is wrong, but I understand people not being able to like comprehend this movie. And I don't mean this in a like, oh, you just don't get it. It's not meant for you to easily get. This is this is shit that like A24 wishes they could make. Like this is on such a high mental gymnastic level that I it took me four or five times watching it and like trying to put these puzzle pieces together. Um I and it's such a fucking hard movie to talk about. I, I, I even pulled up my like long paragraph that explains like the entire movie in detail. And I was just like, I can't do that. Like, I can't sit here and do a fucking 10 minute diatribe. 
So, what I would like to do is actually hear everyone else's feelings on the movie and maybe give some comments and some corrections to mm. what they say. Interesting. Passing it out to... Let's go to Mr. Watson first, actually. All right. Yeah, Jerry's been championing this film for years, and with good reason. I, I feel good saying this is in my top three uh, Sion Sono movies. Mm. It might even be my favorite one. Uh, it, it's most definitely a mindfuck of an experience. I don't think there are any movies like this. There's like, you know, people talk about originality. This this really has it. Uh, it really does. Uh, when I saw this for the first time uh, when we did the 2001 episode a couple years back, I was surprised as all hell to find out that a song I've loved for years called Dead by a rap duo called The Leak Brothers, which features my favorite rapper Cage, they sampled a, a, a song from this movie, the, the one where, yeah, they're in there and then he's playing the guitar and everything. And I was like, the chorus, they, when they get to the chorus, I was like, that's dead from The Leak Brothers. What the oh, fuck? That's awesome. Because the dead yeah. shine on that wrong. Yes. I, I, I love that, uh, that that song and and, uh, and then, you yeah, know, the original song in the movie, that blew me away. Uh, I'll tell you what, I have pretty much nothing negative to say about this movie except that it's like you said it man it's not an easy movie to understand you're, you're right with every single thing you said and I, I i don't get this movie um and it, this is not a complaint about the movie but this is one of the deepest films you're right man uh, ever featured on the summer series it, it's 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 almost inaccessible at least it is to me in that way and that does frustrate me because I, I feel like I need to watch this over and over to get the fullness of what's going on. And I want to. And that's by design. I, I get that's what Sono is doing. He wants you to immerse yourself over and over to get it. I, I feel like there are so many different ways you could interpret this film. And I, I just I know that I'm I'm still scratching the surface of it. Uh, it's one I, I would be fine re revisiting like every year just to go, okay, all right, it's time to classes in session. It's time to uh, t get a pad of paper and take some notes. And it's one of those types of movies. And this would be, Jerry, this would be one I would love to meet you and watch this together over drinks so you could talk me through it and tell me the connections you're seeing and stuff because I get some of it. Uh, but, man, it, it really is. I think the, the only complaint I have is me. Uh, I just like, you know, I'm just like, wow, I know this movie's operating on a, a level that I'm not at yet. And so some people that would bother them. Uh, and it does bother me a little bit, but some people like you, you, you can hang with that sort of thing. And Duncan, you're kind of like that too. You, you, yeah. you love those trippy fucking movies where I, 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 I like them too, but I have like, I, I sort of like, I don't know if it's because the way my brain works where some complex things I get very fast and then simple things I'm like, ah, I don't get that at all. Mm. And but then you know, like trippy stuff uh, it throws me for a loop. It's like when you're arguing with your your girl and then she throws out some nonsensical thing out of left field and then all your your logic goes out the window and you're like, we both know I'm smarter <laughs> than you, but I think you just won this argument by being insane. <laughs> uh, and so that's that's what this movie kind of makes me feel like and not in a bad way. I really, really like this movie. Uh, but yeah, Jerry, it'd be one I would want to watch with you and you could walk me through this because this is a damn good movie and there's no reason why it shouldn't be on a, a list uh, of some kind and getting the recognition it deserves. I think that I I need to just come to the understanding of it, I, I think is what it is, because this is worth delving into and uh, putting forth your own interpretations and just even the stuff you were saying, Jerry, I'm like, yeah, he's right about the connection and the and I'm just like, man, I need to get a pad and paper and, and uh, or a pen and a pad and 
just really look th look this movie in the eye and go for it, man. I'm gonna do a like traveling seminar just on this one movie. <laughs> you should. Uh, spoken word tour, love it. Uh, hand it across to Dave Z. Whew. Okay, boy, so much. I have a lot of thoughts swimming around in my head. Here, mm. You know what? Okay, Jerry, uh, I'll ask you a question. You said send questions over there, and I'm going to ask you a very simple question. Is there a suicide club or is there not? A yes or no answer. Could you give me that? Um, you want just a yes or no with no explanation? Yeah, I mean, in all this, you know what I'm. You've gone the extra mile to, you know, try to figure out all this stuff, and you know what I mean. So I expect you're gonna have a yes or no. That 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 that, that to me was like one of the, you know, the first things I wanted to know because this is my second time seeing it, and maybe it's unfair because I haven't given it the four watches that I've given the others, but mm -hmm. I haven't figured it out yet. Where it took me four times to figure out the others. Mm -hmm to the way I do now. So, I mean, so, that was the first question. Yeah. The reason it's hard to answer is because the original Japanese name is Suicide Circle. Okay. It's not Suicide Club. Uh, that's oh. the Americanized name. Um, suicide as for Circle. the okay. Japanese name, is there a Suicide Circle? Yes. Okay. All right. Th is there a Suicide quote-unquote club? I could make the argument that there is in the sense of society creating their own social clubs based off influence. Hmm. Okay. Now, see, I can pick up some of what of what's being put down here, some of the stuff that you spent time, you know, peeling back the layers, like, like I said about the others. And there is more going on here because if I – Still, after the second view, can't, you know, can't tell exactly. But, I mean, there are obviously things with the consumer, you know, consumerism and, you know, high suicide rate out there. And, you know, I'm thinking about the religion, like Buddhism and stuff like that. I, I'm seeing things going on here. And I want to enjoy it more. But the issue I have, and again, maybe it's unfair that I have the issue because I haven't watched it enough. And so, from where you're sitting over there, because I've had discussions before, like, even on, on Watsi, we've talked about, like, the, the, the Suspiria remake and, like, uh, Antichrist. And I have clear-cut explanations as to what's going on here, and Watson had questions. Now, did my answers suffice him? I don't know. I don't remember for each show. I think maybe, but not all. So I've been, um, you know, in your position before where I have believe I've figured a movie out, and this is going to be my explanation for it. So... I, I try to be as fair as I can with all this stuff, but I, I do have a little, you know, difficulty with, with the coherence. Uh, much like, uh, like, I love Mike's audition. What prevents me from putting it on my top 100, back to that again, is I don't know what the hell is happening in that third act. Mm. And I want to, and I've watched it time and time have, again. Have you ever seen Marley and Me? No, believe it or not, no. I have not okay. seen Marley. It's a dog I'm gonna give movie, you right? A, yeah, I'm going to give you a perspective on Audition real quick. Audition spends its first half of the movie. Because um, really, it's a movie of two halves. It's right. not a first act, second act, third mm -hmm. act. It's really two halves. It spends the first half lulling you into a sense of security 
it it it's a nice little love story he's gonna finally be happy and then it punches you in the gut and as the mystery unfolds you become fully betrayed now when you have that you have to look at the movie in the lens of how you choose to do things in your life may misguide you because you're choosing to do it to the wrong people so no matter how good it is in the beginning you know you look at like how good it was in the beginning with your first life and then she has you paralyzed and she's putting needles in your eyes at the end of it right that's audition it lulls you in it makes you feel happy and warm and comfortable but then you learn the the real side of someone because you don't really know someone until you get to know a certain hidden side that we all hide from other people that eventually you can't hide right true to life happens all the time with any relationship that goes sour exactly right? Just yeah. most of them don't stick needles in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, so Marley maybe, and me has a... Literally. Right. Marley and me... So, I don't, so I don't Marley and me has a fucked up ending then. Fuck. Yes. Marley, <laughs> Marley and me holds you and cuddles you. And you're like, oh my God, it's so cute and sweet. Then it literally fucking American History X curb stomps you in the fucking <laughs> feeling. It is the most devastated uh. I have ever felt. I don't want to feel emotions. I'm not watching that. <laughs> well, don't do it. Don't watch it. I'm kind of curious. I'll say that. I am kind of curious about it now. So I never I thought have... anything would devastate me more than, um, like, the rape scene in... Um, Irreversible? Uh, no, no. Uh, the rape scene in... Um, fuck. I spent your grief. No, no. It's not a horror movie. It's a drama um the girl one two three four the accused no the girl who plays a transgender guy crying game no not crying game <laughs> fuck, fuck. it's got Hillary boys don't cry boys don't cry and boys don't cry was like the most devastating thing to me ever yeah um up until i watched marley and me Oh, just wow. want to just want to stress the dog doesn't get raped to Marley and me. Just in case that's where your brain was. Just in case that's where your brain was going. Uh, it was going there. It's like yeah, it's emotionally tough, but like no. But if you want real life nightmares, Google the Zoodist fate files. Nope. Zoo sadist files, and you don't will fucking hate the world. Want to do that? You're welcome. <laughs> We've went off into the weeds here. Bring oh, yes. it back. So. I'll bring it back as best I can. I'm still confused is the bottom line. And, and like I said, I feel like a jerk a little bit because of everything I said about the others that you need to watch it so many times. And I'm sorry I couldn't give it the second, third, and fourth view. But if it really is that good and if you have figured it out, that would make it a masterpiece. And I, I yeah, can 100% respect that because I like the way the movie looks. I, I like uh, Sonos. I, I mean, usually that's the kind of director he is. I'm into yeah. the visuals and I'm into his presentation and all that stuff. I just, I, I don't think after the intro, I don't think it ever takes me back to the way I feel there. Uh, I yeah, and let's say the you know, intro is 54 Japanese schoolgirls jumping in front of a train. A train, yeah. <laughs> and it's it sure beautiful. is. 
And yes. it's great, and I love it, you know, and I, and I, I like where it goes. I just have issues it, with piecing it together. You know uh, the movies that people like Dawn of the Dead, where it's like, this yep. is George Romero talking about us being a slave to consumerism. Mm-hmm. Um, you have that in this movie where it's also yeah. like being, but instead of being a slave to, like, money, it more talks us being a slave to like entertainment to the idea of like the internet so whether you're you're obsessed with a band or you're obsessed with your job or you're obsessed with the internet or you're obsessed with becoming the charles manson of the internet age your obsessions and what you're willing to give to meet the dreams of those obsessions do not have anything to do with who you truly are. When you cut away all of that stuff, who are you? And like I said, it's one of the hardest questions to answer, and I don't think I can answer it whatsoever. Like, man, it's such a devastating idea to me. It's um, in the... Uh, Books of Blood Volume 2 by Clive Barker. There's a story in there called Dread, mm. which has to do with a guy trying to, like, see what people look like when they have to face their dread. And to me, I, I have to think that if I had, like, a gun to my head, or, well, for me, it would be like, hey, we're going to make you deaf, blind, and paralyzed if you can't answer the question of how you're connected to yourself. Like, that would be my version of dread. That would be my, like, exponential crisis that I would not be able to deal with or solve. Also, do I, not watch the movie Dread. <laughs> like, skip the no, movie Dread. Not man. not as in Judge Dread. There is a movie adaptation of that, and it's not good. Is it bad? The story yes, is so good. The story all doesn't those, translate all the books of blood well. were... What a disappointing thing when they when they when they put that to film. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen yeah. the Books of Blood Hulu movie. Um, uh, I'm in I'm in the middle of volume two right now. Um, yeah, the sto- the short the short story is fucking incredible, but the oh, movie yeah. adaptation it just loses it. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't have the same impact, and it becomes a mm. bit a bit overtly leery. Um, no, it's too hard to yeah. do that. Um, <laughs> you know, but Jerry, if this movie has had a profound impact on you the way you say it has, and you've pulled so much from it, I can do nothing but sit here and respect it. And and, and I'm happy that that's done that for you. I wish that I had something that made me feel that way. Some movies do about certain things that have that impact. Yeah. But, so I get your love for it. I wish I had the same. I wish I can come, come away with it. So I 100% know why you're so into the movie. And all I can do is respect it. And I think it's, it's yeah. a really good movie. It's just... I'm not at that level with it. Kind you know? of funny because I got so obsessed with this movie and trying to figure it out that you could honestly put me in the movie as someone who cannot can ha, cannot figure out that connection to themselves because I was so obsessed with trying to figure out what the movie is. Kind of like how that uh, one chick in the movie is trying to figure out what's going on, how her boy why her boyfriend killed herself. And she finds out all the hints from the little girl pop star crew 
and goes through that, I became her for a while where I was so obsessed with this movie that I had wow. to make it make sense to me. And it mm -hmm. took me a long time. And then when I did, it kind of just like flipped how I looked at the world. And yeah, this is, a, it, it, some people have that moment, whether it's music or movies or a book where like their perspective on the world changes. And it's not just one thing. This can happen multiple times in your life. But Suicide Club was one of those times for me. And that's why I'm so just like, I love this movie because I understand it, but I can't expect other people to just understand it when it took me four or five times watching it and spending hours writing notes and thinking and trying to put it together. So it's a double-edged sword. So like, while I make the jokes that I'm going to die on this hill and yeah. every Japanese yeah, I movie, yeah. uh, I, I love fucking gets rejected and I get fucked over. While I want Suicide Club to win and it will be my vote regardless of anything, I don't expect it to win. It's yeah. a little too... I don't want to sound like a e egotistical, <laughs> but it's a little too above everything. It's a bit too out there. Yeah, it's that it deals with high concepts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I, I'll, I'll put my, my my two cents, and you've given me the perfect out for my conversation here. I love the movie. My position hasn't changed since the last time we recorded. Uh, coming back to it, still love the movie. I personally prefer the two movies that are uh, also in this over it for no other reason than i personally prefer the two movies over it son of a fucking not bitch. not a slighting at all uh but yeah <laughs> you knew this you coming just, in uh, like you recorded no, the episode can. with me so you remember oh. my stance so there we are i didn't record 2001 with you you did no Who picked suicide club then fucking liam did he Yes, I wasn't on to I have had this conversation with you before. Where have I had the conversation with we you before? We have talked about Suicide Club before. Have we? All right. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was on, on like, 2000, <laughs> like 2008, 2009, I, or 2000. I was on two back-to-back. Oh, -back uh, you were. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'd like, yeah, that's my position. My position has not Did changed. You, I think really spent this whole time thinking I knew what you, like. Yeah, literally. I was like, this is going to be quick. This is going to be easy. Um, yeah, so like, I, I think I it's... I think okay it's a great movie. I think it's a great movie. I, I genuinely do. I'm kind of almost in Camp Watson here that I think it's, it's maybe in my top three Sono movies. Um, this is fucking perfect blue all over again. But, um, a perfect blue might get yesterday. Stay, yeah, might get a stay in court. Uh, well, it will get a stay in court. We'll see, if, we'll see how well it performs. Um, but yeah, like, I, to me, there are two other movies here that, you know, I would, I, I just think are, are better. In my opinion, that's as simple as I can boil it down to. It's nothing to do with mens messaging or concepts or whatever. I think I, if even if you fully explained what the movie was doing, I would still more likely pick up the Devil's Backbone or the others before I would pick up Suicide Circle or Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad, Suicide Club. Suicide Squad. There's so much suicide here. What, what, um, what if I explain yeah. to you the movie's take on the connection of ego versus the connection of empathy? 
I mean, you, I would appreciate it, and I think that in itself as a tackling subject within a movie is fascinating. I would still pick up the devil's backbone before I picked up. <sighs> Sorry, buddy. Um, I'm honest. I, I, I feel no, like, I, I feel like I just have to be. Which brings us to our final movie. You can movie. lie to me like you do when we have pillow talk. <laughs> <laughs> Never break that Walden. Um, well, let's get to the last movie here. Uh, so we've got The Devil's Backbone. It's directed by Guillermo del Toro, written by him, Antonio Trash Horas, and David Munoz. Synopsis for this one is, after Carlos, a 12-year-old whose father has died in the Spanish Civil War, arrives at an ominous boys' orphanage, he discovers the school is haunted, and has many dark secrets which he must uncover. There are a lot of Spanish people in here and I'm not reading their names off. The trivia for this one is, it's described by Guillermo del Toro as being a sibling to film Pan's Labyrinth, which was filmed in 2006. This being the masculine brother film to Pan's feminine sister film. In order to make Fernando cry if he was unable to, Guillermo del Toro would complain of his acting skills out loud and express his disappointment in his work. Cruel bastard. Uh, the design of the ghost was inspired by the white beast spirits of Japanese horror films like Ju-On from 2000 and Ringu from 1998. Um, the strong... We, uh, sorry, was strongly inspired by the director's personal memories, especially his relationship with his uncle, who supposedly came back to him as a ghost. And Guillermo del Toro has said that this is his favourite movie he's made um, and has been claiming that since 2003. So I don't know if that has been updated and maybe he's made movies since, but there we are. Uh, it took 16 years, though, to go from page to screen. Um, I will kick us off because this is the one that I was kind of pushing for and I'll, I'll lay my stall out very carefully. Guillermo del Toro is a difficult one to argue for on the summer series. I have tried it. I have won in some instances. I have lost in others. Um... I understand the point of view that his movies are a bit too fairy tale, um, and as a result of that, that kind of almost lessens the horror for some viewers. I can't argue that at all. To me, fairy tales, for the most part, being from where I am in the world, are intrinsically linked to folklore, which is also intrinsically linked to horror. So that's where my brain goes when I watch them. A dark fairy tale to me is akin to like a horror because it usually deals with like nasty things happening with supernatural elements to people that should have known better with a morality tale at the end um, Del Toro always has this really interesting approach of taking things from a childlike wonder and the way that the world is seen and when you're a kid things scare you that reasonably as an adult don't interestingly enough when you become an adult a lot more things scare you um, <laughs> that if you try to explain to a kid would just go over the top of their head what he has here is like the most wonderful back setting, um, the most tragic story, and like set piece and design that is just mind blown because it's Del Toro. Also has a really kind of sensitive side as well that I think is very difficult to catch in a movie. It's once again why I think Spain as a nation or Spanish speaking countries, um, their relationship with death is surprisingly healthy. Um, and as a result, their ghost stories tend to reflect that. And if you look specifically in the 2000s, that's when they all started making their way to the screen in, you know, form and fashion. And they were incredible when they did. And there's so many of them now. Um, but I think this is, this is to me, is the, the first real step in the journey of Del Toro setting out a stall of, I will one day win 
the Oscar for Best Picture and dare me not to because it's all here this is almost like a weird Rosetta Stone for pretty much everything he would do after this um, out with something like um, uh, the fish fucking movie which name escapes me the shape uh, was it the shape of things in water or whatever it is the shape of water or whatever it is anyway oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but out with that this like lays it out it's always the idea of kind of like chill like wonder and mystery against the background of something that would be harsh with his own spin on it when I think the contention is going to come in here is we have two movies that are dealing with two movies from the same kind of spherical region of you know of of uh, of culture and and telling ghost stories that are coming from two different angles to do it and two different perceptions although the others does deal with it also from a child's perspective as well but primarily from the mother's perspective um we we have those two different positions one deals with it with a lot more whimsy and wonder along with the horror and the other one deals it with a lot more of horror um, and if we get down to those arguments, that's where the devil's backbone fell last time. Um, and that's likely where it's going to fall again if I try and get you on board. So I'm interested to hear other opinions, but I think this is like front to back, like a flawless movie. <laughs> like genuinely, I think it, it has all the nuance, all the style, all the storytelling and all the wonder that Del Toro is pretty much like a head and shoulders above any other director working right now and delivering. You know a Del Toro movie when you watch it, and there are a few directors that can claim that. Um, and I think this is the, the beginning of that journey. A movie like Kronos, certainly, as his first movie, has a feel and a sensibility, but doesn't have the style or the, or the scope or scale or, or kind of almost the wonder that uh, Devil's Backbone and subsequently pretty much every film after that has. That's my that's my that's my stall. I will hand it across to Watson. Go for it. Man, well said, dude. Well, well said. Uh, you know, this was the movie that caused a little <laughs> bit of trouble on the 2001 episode. I believe I can hear uh, still hear the sound of your heart breaking, Duncan. Uh, first of many through. times in that season, yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, you know, I just remember being happy that Frailty made it, but here we are again. And what's odd is that I vividly remember the fight. For frailty to make the list but i honestly don't remember session nine getting enough love to make number one was that an adjudicator thing uh that is a good like session nine i think wasn't yeah, adjudicator how, thing. i i was looking at this year and i don't yeah. understand how session nine is on there at all we yeah we like, spoke very highly of session nine the recording it's a movie that i i really 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 really, really like uh, no like... I, I that that movie to me is just like that movie to me is terrifying. It's, <laughs> it's not as good as as Devil's Backbone. It's not as good as. No, yeah, yeah. I think that. But was, it creeps you out more, man. Yeah, I think that was the thing. It's I think the thing was right. like, yeah. On, on any given day, if you ask me which one I would have over Session Nine or Devil's Backbone, would be Devil's Backbone. But yeah. I think Session Nine is either an adjudicator pick or it was the one that we could guarantee the most votes to finish See, the episode on. See, here's the thing about that is I had an evil plan on that episode. If you recall, yep. uh, we were all at this weird stalemate and Liam Rafferty would not budge on Pulse. That's and right. Gar Darren Wilson and I were both gunning for frailty. We Are teamed up. The, but the yeah, ja Japanese yeah, Cairo, Cairo, Japanese yeah. Pulse. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. is the most like 
if you wanted to know what depression looks like, as a <laughs> yes, movie, it's pulse. It, it, yeah. it, it, it is, is pulse. Yeah, fan fucking tastic. But, but yeah. the funny thing was, like Darren and I were like, okay, we we got frailty, but we needed the third vote to get it through. Yeah, and if I remember it all correctly, I. I sided with Liam to get his vote for frailty, knowing full well that the adjudicators would take Pulse out and absolutely put the devil's backbone in. Uh, that might and then be right, I think actually. session nine got in there. I think that's yeah. what happened. See, yeah, I think you're right. I can't remember who the adjudicator was, but the, the, the adjudicator it? thing was like the worst idea Duncan has <laughs> ever come up with. Duncan sat like around it. to go, what will make people more pissed off? That's why I picked it. It's like you don't know me. I, I love that shit. Yeah. I love that shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that's yeah, what happened. I, I think what we put yeah. through was swapped out by for session. I think you're right. I, without like having, I've not listened to that episode and since I edited it. Um, but I think yeah. you might be right on that. But I thought, yeah, like, like sense would will out and it didn't. Uh, yeah, it, it was because I remember I, it. It, it kind of hit me like inspiration. Like, wait a second. Yes, let's put Pulse through. I'm like, that's not staying. Frailty's staying. Yeah. Pulse is not fucking staying. They're putting through the rightful number one. Uh, and this is before my renaissance with the others, though. So there's all that. But yeah. it's de definitely Del Toro's movie. But yeah, it, I, I think this is like the one of the best films of his career. Mm. Uh, it's top two for me. I, I God damn, I love this movie. He has a way of constructing an on-screen reality that is just so haunting and rich. And the way this tale weaves together the goings on within the walls of this orphanage with this civil conflict and with the ghost story it, it's it's beautiful uh one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when how do you say the guy's name when dr uh, uh oh shoot oh, uh fuck cesarez yes yeah, uh, uh, cesarez or something yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he hears carmen and uh yaquinto having sex and he just stands there in despair with his hands in his pockets and he just quietly sighs to himself. Mm. I, I don't know why, man. That hits me every damn time I watch this. I mean, you said it, Duncan. This movie's poetry, man. I've got no complaints here. If if somehow, you know, you, you know, we know the movie I'm gunning for, but all of a sudden, if like Dave Z turned around and, and then became heel or Jamie did, <laughs> and, and this goes through or something like that, I'm not gonna be mad about that at yeah. all. Like, uh, like it's it's like, yeah. It, 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 it almost might even make sense, like poetic justice, that yeah, maybe uh, it should have gone through it, uh, to start with. So, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, right. Uh, I do remember there was there was a whole lot of kind of that one was a swirl at the time uh, of recording. I yeah. just can't remember the, the exact details. Dave Z, yeah, same, same. Swung in on the Devil's Backbone. See, for me, in Del Toro movies, they they're okay. They're not all the same, but I mm. I get a lot of. Uh, when I watch them, most of the time, there is something in the movie that holds it back just a little bit where it gets slow for me. Yeah. And I check out just a oh little bit. Oh, my God. Yes, and Dave. It, <laughs> and is it it's just not... me or, or did, did Del Toro's horror movies or even his fantasy movies overstay their welcome? It depends I mean, if you want to stay in the world that he's building, and I do. So, I, like, time doesn't become a like a, a factor at all in any of these movies. In, it's about like motherfucker go forward like you just you released that nightmare alley movie and it's what's two and a half hours long and i remember coming out the cinema like literally yeah. of the opinion that if it was another half an hour long i would have been happy with that there, there are wow. two types of movies that should be two and a half hours or longer marvel movies and oh. korean movies other than that 
No. Korean movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, Koreans See, make. They did a fucking giant boar movie that's basically a beat for beat ripoff of Jaws and made it three hours. Right. I have no issue with length. I don't. If the movie is two and a half, three hours, dude, I was fucking. I watch movies that are so long, like Midsommar's freaking, uh, you know, dude, I have no problem with the length of the movie if I feel that I I don't check out at any time. Now, even though I've said this, it doesn't mean that I don't think that he's done some great movies. Because my favorite is Pan's Labyrinth. I love Pan's Labyrinth. Yep. Same. Then I would probably um, say Crimson Peak, and then this. I would now this. I would. I would agree with you. That's my top oh, three. Right on. So there we are. Nice. Well, now you notice that. I don't know. Maybe you don't. The, the way I look at it is this. This to me is kind of like you could see him setting up what he's going to do with Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. And I think because they're different in some ways, but in other ways they're the same. So there's like when I look at a movie like Pan's. I marvel at that. I'm like, oh, great, great movie. And I look at this, and by comparison, it just seems like a little lesser than. I right. don't... Okay, and I, and it's just that I check out a little bit here and there. I think there are... See, wh- when it comes to the third act, if I find it to be tedious at all or anything like that, mm. it's going to hurt me. Yeah, yeah. It's just good. And that happens a little bit here, and I just don't think that, like... This is an atmosphere-driven movie, and it's great to look at and everything else. And I respect all those aspects of it. I think they're great. I love it. But you can compare this like directly to, like to the others. And the others has like, like you know, shock scenes. Like other things happen in there that you're like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where I don't think you really get in this movie. And I think for me personally, I just prefer. A different type of execution so yeah. it's not to say i don't like the movie or i think it's bad or anything like that i just i enjoy it and maybe if i watched it again and again i, I will come know. around i, I think i think if you feel that way i don't think like subsequent it doesn't have the like yeah. put it this way it is it like the, the storytelling wise is far more linear in terms of what it's trying to convey than something like the others i don't think like you're going right. to deep dive more appreciation out of it and like i said at the start that i that's generally where this movie lands with people is you know what i mean it's you know it's, it's good for what it does and it sets up things and it's really really cool to look at but you know it doesn't grab me in a horror way that you know this movie does or that movie does so i literally can't argue that point against you you know that's a on a feeling level for you if you feel that the others is a more scary movie or you know just a movie that you gravitate towards more then that's fair (laughs) you know what i mean that's that's all it is man and it's like but i feel bad because i know that there's some people out there that just love all of del toro's work and i want to be one of those people so when I watch the movie and I don't say, oh my God, 10 out of 10, yeah. or oh, outstanding, I feel like I must be missing something. But sometimes it's just as simple as, you know, it's just not your jam. Does, yeah, guess. it doesn't connect. Yeah, I think that's I it. I want I, it to be, Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think that's it. Like, there, there are whole pockets of, of like, director's works where I'm like that. I, like... I, I should like this, you know, like on, on its like even right. just cut nuts and bolts level. This is everything I like about like a movie or, or anything like that. And I sit and I watch it and I come at the end just kind of feeling not cold, but just a little bit numb as in like I appreciate it for what it does, but it just doesn't connect with me. Um, so I, I think that's, that's fine though, Dave. 
Yeah, that's it. I just, but I feel a little bit because I know they're so well made. Yeah. I know that this is something that, you know, I normally would like. It's like it frustrates me. I'm like, what am I missing? Yeah. But <laughs> it just happens. You know what I mean? It's 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 just personal preference, I guess. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. All these movies are great. Yes. We have three great movies, I think. You're all you. I don't think you can argue that they're all not well made. Yeah. They're aesthetically pleasing. They're they're directed well. All that stuff, atmosphere, different things. So it's tough, I guess. This really comes down to to what you pull from the movie. Like, but Jerry 100, has a whole dissertation. Yeah. Watson yeah. and I have what we had to say about the others, and you have what you have to say about this. And I wish I knew everything that, that Jamie, Jamie uh, like it doesn't help say, that Jamie but... says that she had a lot that she wanted to say. So I'm literally going to text right. her for her votes without that, and um, we're going to have to try and grab her at some point to come back on all these things, so she can write a message in here and uh, address them all. Um, Jenny Herring, your final say on this. Um, thoughts on uh, The Devil's Backbone? Um, I pretty much agree with Dave. Yep. Uh, how he feels about it is how I feel about it. Um, I do want to say that Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, is his best movie. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, I haven't seen that. Not I haven't his seen best that. Movie. Okay. Oh, you've, oh, it's fucking amazing. It's yeah, like what it's, happened. It, was, it is. Yeah, it's Pan's Labyrinth yeah. for a huge budget. Yeah, it is huh. an absolutely just fucking masterpiece yeah Ooh, i'll check uh, that out okay when it yeah, comes you're gonna to love it by the way <laughs> comic book movies like hellboy and hellboy 2 the golden army are just fucking up there because they're so they're already a different kind of subject and del yeah. toro basically goes man i've done some crazy shit with fucking ghost and and fucking vampires and fucking yeah. All kinds of shit, and then and he does that because Del Toro is better at fantasy than he is horror. I don't know if I agree with that, but I see what you're saying. Be, dude, you can't even make a horror movie without putting fucking fantasy elements. But I think the Grimm's, Grimm's fairy tales <laughs> are all horror stories, and it's the backbone of what we understand as horror. Well, no, I like I witches in the that. woods. You're like all, all that shit's like straight but from fairy tales. So that's just how his, he takes. Like he links the two together, and I think that's fine. I think it's fine too. I just think he's better at the fantasy aspect than he is at the horror. I think he's better at showing us a fantasy world than he is at providing us with like dread or terror. Mm. He gives me more feelings of wonderment. I don't like the guard. The guard arguing with the the poachers um, and Pan's Labyrinth is absolutely fucking terrifying. Well, that, that to me is pure human terror because that oh, shit dude, happened. Oh, that whole so, fucking like, so. Mitch McConnell looking fucking <laughs> hand eye Mitch. thing <laughs> bothers the living shit out of me. I am yeah. so uncomfortable. I suppose it's what your that. perception. Of, I suppose it also is what your perception of what scares you, as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, yeah. that, that's that's true. That's when yeah. people go, nothing scares me anymore, yeah. and I'm yeah. like. Yeah, because you're a fucking adult. Yeah. Nothing's going to scare you anymore. Yeah, fuel prices. You know, the yeah, horror movie about like, that. That's, that's fucking terrifying right there. Um, uh, you get scared of, of things like fuel prices are telling Watson that you think frailty is weak sauce. You know, you get scared <laughs> of shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, man, I, t I, I know where I know where you're coming from. 
I'd like because like I say, this is not particularly on this run as well. I had exact I've had this conversation twice on two separate episodes. I had it right here for this one, and then I had it later on for Pan's Labyrinth. And the with GP going uh, into people. this, you thought hmm. you already had this conversation with me. I did actually. So that's I already knew that you like for something, but I already had in my back of my head that you weren't too keen on this movie. So. Um, so what you're don't saying doesn't me, surprise me, me if that makes sense. <laughs> I love the Spanish War as next to the anybody who has a picture of Mussolini on their wall, okay? Um, which I know is Italy, okay? Shut the fuck yeah. up. Frank. Um, <laughs> I'm white. They're both the same country for me, okay? I'm American. <laughs> they're British. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're all British. They're all exactly. British. You don't really can't... I'm, I, don't give a shit. I have guns and you don't. We don't. No, no, we're here. Um, <laughs> Duncan, do you remember when I did that Children of the Corn episode? Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I should bring that guy back and just fucking yeah. <laughs> like rant about like fucking Del Toro's Spanish movies. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get, I, like, the thing is, dude, I, I 100% get it. Uh, as well, that, that's, I even set up at the start here. I, I was fully prepared for this before I even started the conversation about the movie. But that brings us to ultimately where we end up here, which is there's only one space, only essentially one movie can go through. I'm gonna work your way around you guys. I have messaged Jamie and I'm hoping that she reads that message quick uh, so she can come back. Um, Feeling that, I, I don't know what we're going to do, so I'm just slowly padding for time here. So we are going to work our way around. I kind of know where the votes are landing, but we're going to do it anyway, because we need to. Uh, so I'm going to start with you, Jerry. Uh, where, you've already told us, but again, for clarity and on the mic and prosperity, uh, where are you putting your vote, buddy? My vote is going to the only movie that is, you know, actually unique because it's going against two ghost stories like we haven't had a million fucking haunted house movies so it's going to suicide club which any other intellectual uh horror fan who enjoys uh high-end thought and 54 schoolgirls being <laughs> massacred in a fucking brutal blood spatter of a train would vote for there we go. Um, this feels academic, but let's do it. Dave Z, where's your vote going? I just have too much love for the others at this point in my life. I just, it's got to be the others. I adore it. Mr. Watson, where are your votes going? The others. The others. Right. I... Hold, on, hold on a second, Watson. <laughs> I say you should change your vote to Suicide Club because I have uh, a video of you oh, doing dear. something musical that you asked not to be shown to the world. <laughs> oh, blackmail. <laughs> that nowhere. I don't mind. That was it was just a, a project. Such an occasion. <laughs> oh, oh no, 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 no. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the contest one. Yeah, I know. That, that's all fine. Oh, okay. Okay. Fine. <laughs> right. It, it was, it's been open to the public. It's fine. I thought this would work. <laughs> <laughs> right that's that's two votes for the others one vote for the devil's backbone i'm gonna make this really simple um i am gonna put my vote down against the devil's backbone jamie has not got in touch at the point of this so i'm sadly i'm not gonna be able to count our votes 
as it stands. So it's two votes to the others, one to Devil's Backbone and one to Suicide Club. Um, and to keep it fair, uh, that's how it's going to be. So the others goes through. So basically, wait, why are you saying the others goes through? Because it's two against one against one. Jamie but hasn't Jamie hasn't come back to me if, and that's... If Jamie votes for your movie or my movie, it automatically wins though, right? Because it would put it three to two. Yeah, but it would be after the recording. And at this point, she's not here. She's not messaged back. And I, I can't put things on hold and then come back out with. I want to try and keep it all contained. So everything is legal and kosher, hands up and all the rest. Um, so everyone knows that it was all recorded in one session. So I don't want to like, accuse the fuckery. Who am I um, kidding myself? I would have been fucked over and lost anyway. Um, yeah, I don't, I'll be honest. We know I how this goes. don't think she was going with your movie, buddy. Um, I actually I... also don't think she was going with my movie. Um, I think there was a good chance she was probably going to go with the others. But, um, yeah. I, there's 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 nothing else I could do at this point here. She's she's had internet issues and microphone issues. She's out of, out of touch. So I'm going to stick with the people that are on this call right now. And as a result of that, uh, the others is going through representing 2001. It will join session nine and the frailty take its place at the big table now jamie does um horror in the house of salmons that's our podcast please go over and support that she does it with her lovely husband brian um and yeah please check out that one so that's a bit of a plug for the stuff that she's doing um you guys i cannot thank you enough for giving up your time to join me technical difficulties aside this is awesome always is it's effortless to record with all three of you uh, this is the point where you get to pimp your wares i am fully aware there's crossover coming up here so that's fine uh we will start with dave z pimp your wares okay well me and watson are right here and uh you got to check out the uh watsy party horror show there's gonna be a show Sometime in the near future, mm -hmm. I'm, Watson will probably be able to address that more than more than I can. But uh, you know, three act structure, and uh, you know, and now we're going into season three, and I don't even know what the hell we're doing. So maybe Watson <laughs> could tell you. It's been so long, I forgot what we're even doing at this point. I know, <laughs> you know. So I'll, I'll leave that to him. As far as the other thing, uh, you know, I want to say one thing about Exploding Heads. Yes, yes, Exploding Heads horror yeah. movie podcast is everywhere you can find it apple and this and that and youtube and blah 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 there's uh two or three episodes that come out a month there also on uh the patreon page it's uh patreon something slash exploding heads uh we're there somewhere patreon gets three new shows a month and then eventually they go out to the public like a year or something later mm -hmm. so if you want to get them right away that's where it is but i am going to say one thing we have a real big thing planned for our episode 200 which is going to be coming, mm, I don't know, after summer. So I uh, hope people listening that can take part in it will, because we're going to do a show, episode 200 of the top 200 horror movies of all time, where we're asking our listeners of our of our patrons and anyone who hosts a horror podcast to send us a list of their top 100 horror movies in order, 1 to 100. And there's a whole point system, but that's that. But we're trying to put them all together and come up with a, uh, a voting system, much like we do here, like what Duncan does with, you know, adding things up to have a final list at the yep. end. We've done it before. We did the top 100 of the millennium for 2011 to 2000, or 10 to 2019 for episode 100. Now we're doing it again. And at this point, we only have like, 
I don't know, 15 submissions. Mm. So I'm hoping for at least double that because we had at least double that for the last one. So I'm trying to get all these podcasters involved. So, uh, yeah, message me, uh, Dave Z-Z-E-E on Facebook. That's always open or email explodingheadshorrorpodcast at gmail.com and get involved with that. And that's that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you all. Nice. Watson, pimp your rears. All right. Yes, as Dave said, we have uh, we do the Watsy Party Horror Show. Also, as he said, it's got a three-act structure you'll all want to check out and because uh, it's very enjoyable. We engage in a, uh, let's see, we give recommendations and avoids in Act 1. We do a horror-related topic of discussion in Act 2, and then we review a film of our choosing in Act 3. We've been on hiatus because of some corrupted and lost audio and some other things, and then Oh goodness! But it's 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 all together. It, we 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 succeeded. It, it's it's happening. Uh, I'm so happy about this. I couldn't be prouder of the work we do together over there. It's the Watsy Party Horror Show, the second show of which I'm a part is quite new. Uh, it can be found at newhorrormovies.com, and the name of the show is Jay of the Dead's New Horror Movies. It's a podcast of epic proportions. Seven hosts. There's Jay of the Dead, Doctor Shock, Gilman Joel Robertson, and Doctor Walking Dead, all of whom were and are members of Horror Movie Podcast, uh, the, the famous Horror Movie Podcast. We've got Greg Amortis from Land of the Creeps and uh, a filmmaker, a newcomer named Mac Robbins. And then there's me. So, uh, yeah, you, you got to get this show in your life. It's long-form podcasting. Uh, we cover brand-new horror movies. We do a group review that comes from either the 70s, 80s, or 90s. And we each have our own unique solo segments. Uh, mine is called Mr. Watson's Horror Hierarchy, and I do lists. It's a lot of fun. Uh Great content, so that's Jay of the Dead's new horror movies at newhorrormovies.com. And then uh, the third podcast I do, we've, we're on a summer break right now, but uh, so a couple of the hosts can get some stuff together. They've got some changes going on, but yeah, Horror Movie Weekly. And uh, it's basically a short-form podcast, the opposite of Jay of the Dead's new horror movies, uh, that also features Jay of the Dead, uh, Susie, a.k.a. Projectile Varmint, and yours truly. And simple. We just we do micro reviews at the start of the show, and then we discuss a horror movie. We had Dave Z on uh, a few months ago talking uh, some found footage, and that was a blast. And yeah, check that show out. Uh, if you do, I'd say start on episode 71, because that's when I joined. But yep, those are the three shows. Watsy Party Horror Show, Jay of the Dead's New Horror Movies, and Horror Movie Weekly. Nice. Jetty Heading. Uh, yeah, I do a solo cast called Horror Corridor with our next episode doing a deep dive on the the brilliant hidden uh, in Jaws of Revenge. So that'll be coming out this summer. Uh, no, I do Kill the Cast. We've uh, been very, very like on and off sparsely over the past like two years because of my physical health and my mm. mental health but we're getting everything back together i've got episode in editing right now and that'll be probably dropping within the same week that you heard this or the week after mm, and nice. then we'll be coming back and of course we just did our horror coliseum texas chainsaw massacre versus halloween both the originals not the uh remakes so you can check that out and then the episode coming out is a uh trivia laid back episode with tim davis from horror for dummies and you get to hear a drunk guy in a mustang crash into my uncle's truck which is Jesus. part damn on the road what 
Like, wow. you know how people, like, he parks in front of our mailbox, a drunk guy with two other guys, uh, oh, shit. smashed real fast, head first into a parked truck, and it is on the episode. Oh, wow. I can't wait to hear that. So, yeah. It's literally his car crash podcasting. Love it. Yes. Absolutely yep. love it. Absolutely That's love it. it. I don't, I don't. I, I'm in the work of getting everything to come back. I've kind of haven't done a lot because I knew I needed to do a lot of shit for the summer series. So <laughs> that that's kind of taken up a lot of like my time as for like movie watching. And I decided to stop watching anything and just read books. Yeah, I get so. I get that those ripples go all the way through a lot of podcasts about this time of year with people like that. Yeah, what you've yeah. been watching over the last week? Well, not a lot. I'm doing summer CDs and I'm like, oh no, yikes. Pretty much. Yeah. Like me and, and Mr. Venom both have to do a guest spot with a podcast covering the first Conjuring movie. Oh. And, and it was like, well, when do y'all want to record? We're like August. Yeah, it's <laughs> summer series. <laughs> summer we series. gotta do the summer series. Yeah, what I love about this is how lightweight it's been this year. <laughs> it's been lightweight, but there's still like dedication time. Oh like, god, they're like, always no. Like I'm being sarcastic. Do like I the remember stakes... this movie enough yeah. that I don't have to rewatch yeah. it. Yeah. Or do I have to rewatch it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the thing. I think the like the the kind of that was that was me being sarcastic. The lightweight approach to this has been surprisingly not there at all for me uh, this year. Um, this is actually I've said it before. One this particular year's recording has probably been the most stressful one that I've done, and this one, by its very nature and principle and design, should be the most straightforward. So yeah, I build well, these things for myself. All I hope is that, like, every other year that I've been on here, the audience enjoyed watching me get stabbed in the back by my so-called podcasting best friends it's, uh, on it's a theme. the summer series. It is a theme now. At this point, it'd be, it'd be rude not to do it. Um, I want to once again thank my host for joining me. Once again, a huge thanks to Jamie, who sadly couldn't be on this episode due to technical difficulties. Uh, but, yeah, these hosts will all be back at some point during the remaining run of the series so keep listening out for those but i'm going to take my final break of this episode when i come back i'll be piecing together what we've done this week what it means for the overall list moving forward and i'll be closing out the show and i'll be doing it right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs you've been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been episode 367 it's the final summer series episode of this week concluding our series at the old ones doing 2001 and moving its way to the big table representing the year 2001 in the third series category is a little movie called the others joining the frailty and session nine moving forward now i said i would address this and i'm a man of my word and truth be told i was kind of hoping we would maybe have a little bit of audio in but i know that jamie has been very busy she did try and you know work out a bit of audio to tag in the end here which sadly hasn't made it in at the time of this edit but um i conversed with jamie out with 
this recording and she confirmed with me that both her votes, because she had double votes in this episode, would have aligned itself with Suicide Club. Now, Jerry Heron right now is throwing something heavy at the screen. Now, I know what you're thinking, that would have put that through and I will be honest, it wouldn't have. It would have put us 33. Uh, Suicide Club was my third seeded pick, so what I would have done was I would have doubled down on the others, making it three against three, and essentially we would have been at stalemate until someone switched. So it wouldn't have made an outright winner, but it would have made the competition all that more competitive. Jamie obviously had technical difficulties that were well out worth her control, and she will return later on in this series, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, yeah, so sorry Jerry, you did have a little bit more support than you thought you might, but at the same time, it would not have been enough to push it directly through. Instead, it would have made it in a point where we were at a stalemate until someone blinked. Someone always blinks. It ain't going to be me. I ain't blinking. There is a multitude of ways of checking out the podcast under the stairs. Wherever you're listening to us right now, hit subscribe. That way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of Teapot's content. Do not stop there. Subscribe to our sister feed, the Teapots Collective. That way you get shows like Where to Begin with, Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty, and Chronicle as well. Subscribing to both the Teapots Collective and Podcast Under the Stairs feeds is the best way to support what we do under the stairs. And speaking of stuff that we do on Podcast Under the Stairs, let's address this. We posted the poll earlier on in the Facebook group page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast asked you what you made of all this shenanigans and you guys had the choice between the others the devil's backbone and suicide club and once again we're diverging folks um 73 said the devil's backbone 14 said the others 13 percent saying suicide circle so while we did not align with you uh, you know that you were always in my heart but let's get back to us pimping what we do there is uh, other ways out there to find out all the content if you're one of these people that just wants one place a one-stop shop if you will that you click a button and everything i do is there that's teapotscast.com the website for podcasts under the stairs links to everything there as well as a link to jaws's shite and other regrettable outbursts a booze-based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself the baz and scott liam from scott liam versus evil Jaws is shite, another regrettable outburst exclusively available on tputzcast.com. If you're on Facebook and you want to get involved with the poll that I just mentioned just earlier, or you want to chat about horror movies, post what you're watching, or just generate conversation, you can do that in the podcast under the stairs Facebook group page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast. If you want to get involved with the Teapots Collective Facebook page, it's purely a mechanism for me to post absolutely everything that I do. That's facebook.com forward slash teapotscast. And if you like mucky news, weird stories and just general hilarity, then that's the Jaws' Shite Facebook group page. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. If you hate Facebook and you'd much rather interact with myself and the Baz on a medium that restricts him at the characters you use or a medium that forces pictures, Instagram and Twitter are twin prongs of social media sexiness. Both of them can interact with Podcasts Under the Stairs at Teapotscast. The Podcast Under the Stairs returns this coming Sunday with another one of those 88 films Italian collection reviews. Now, at the start of this episode, I was convinced I'd convi- I talked myself into it. I was like, you know what the next one is? It's Knife of Ice. It's not Knife of Ice. It's Violent City, 
which uh, features Terry Savalas and Charles Bronson. I was kind of looking forward to doing a giallo and then realised that we have another movie to do before that. So yeah, that's what we're doing first. So that's a course correction and an edit at the end of this episode. Violent City will be the next movie we cover on the 88 Films Italian Collection. Until then, though, until Sunday when that episode drops, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world virus, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, acht, neun. Nicht und